0: Begin PodFix network transmission in 3, 2, 1. 30 seconds and counting. Astronauts report it feels good. T-minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10... Nine, ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have
1: a lift off. You're listening to it. Not rocket surgery. On 8.9 Northwest SM. Tower cleared. We got a roll program. Reporting the roll pitch program.
0: Good evening! Oh yeah. Guess who's back? Yes. It's not rocket surgery, Hero ninety-eight point nine Northwest FM Science Technology and Geek Culture is back after four weeks. Perfect red line. Perfect red line. It's it's short, it's sharp. That's what she said.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm sure my sister will be thrilled that this is the next episode she gets to listen to. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Elizabeth.
0: Uh yes, uh in the studio with me, Vlado, for episode three hundred and forty three of It's Not Rocket Surgery this seventeenth this of September. Yes, we are still alive. Twenty twenty three. It's only been four weeks. So better we're, we we're shorting time. We're we are shortening. <laughs> By the end of the year, we might be on weekly again. Woo-hoo. Woo! We we still haven't slipped. Out. We haven't missed a month yet, so that, that's positive. It's like I don't know very small what, positive. What else but is positive, What else is monthly to, to look forward to? I don't know. Not a bill.
1: No. What quarterly is the next one? Quarterly.
0: No, but what's monthly that you'll actually look forward to?
1: I don't know. If you're a lunatic, <laughs> the, the moon. <laughs> the moon. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I like that.
0: We've got a potential uh, show, show title already. Uh, in the studio with me for uh, this studio, this this crazy ride that will be for three four three is Andrew. How are you doing? I'm good. Yourself? I am well. I am well. I got a bit too, too much sun today. Glorious day. Balmy. Oh, yeah. It was a balmy day. Yes. I made the lawn yesterday, and it I was, was definitely lawn mowing weather yeah, this weekend. And uh, I was, my body was feeling. Filling it. <laughs> and uh and then, then walking around uh hosting some um some soccer matches.
1: Um You yeah, failed was, the first f- first uh rule of uh outsiding. Sunscreen. Don't forget the sunscreen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Baz Loman. and I should listen to him. It's the only thing you need to do. Don't remember. forget the sunscreen. Although
1: although, as I said to my sister this morning when I was shuffling around on the ride on out at Mums. Um, I've reached the point now where I don't actually need sunscreen. Why? Because my shirt has a collar, uh-huh, I wear a hat okay, sleeves yeah, I have ear muffs on, and I've got a dust mask across my face, <laughs> so the only thing that potentially can get sunshine um. Is just those little slivers of skin that occasionally yeah. are revealed at your wrists.
0: So you're you're more at risk of uh, vitamin D deficiency
1: than you are. Oh, I've that that's <laughs> that's a chronic condition of my life. <laughs> but no, the, the risk of burning zero. Right. So look, I've I've been applying some after sun
0: after today's uh, episode. So yes. you know,
1: the power of aloe vera.
0: That's right. So the power not no, no. power of aloe. Um. By the power of
1: Alavira I don't think uh Masters of the Universe would have been as exciting the if he'd screamed out you know, the power of Alavira.
0: Uh and what would the uh what would the spin off be? Princess of power. She-Ra. I don't know. She-butter. She-butter. She She-butter. <laughs> she <butter. laughs> <laughs> oh, well, look, we, we, we've got stuff to talk about. We're we do. A, we're we gonna, do. We're not going to try to cover the last four weeks. No, no. But what we're going to talk about is the Ig Nobles. They got, they got announced uh, a couple days ago. So Almost like they knew...
1: We needed show content.
0: And it's what we do every time they come. There are certain things that you can rely on us about. That is true. So Eurovision, I will always make reference to Eurovision, play some Eurovision songs. Uh, Ig Nobles, we always cover. We have our uh Prediction shows.
1: So, you know, we will talk about the Oscars. There are some, And if a telescope in space spots mm, something, and we
0: will talk nice about Nice segue, because there's also James Webb.
1: That's right. He's in the house. Kicking goals. So he's, uh, yes, James. Jimmy. I love how Jimmy Webb now makes uh, Hubble look like Mr. Magoo. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like um, how televisions are moved from the old... Grainy nineties video look Mm -hmm. to four K sharp. Yep, that's that's Hubble to 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 James. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So yes, there's there's been an announcement and in in the James Webb sphere, Mm -hmm. and also the uh, one we'll talk about is. the Russians were pro- Last time we spoke, we, we we spoke about the Indians and the Russians sending a um,
1: yes lunar landers, and let's just say that one hit a goal and mm, the other hit the moon. Not so much. <laughs>
0: um, and the other thing I promised we'll talk about. Uh, there's the, I mean, there's and there's a chat to GPT story that yes. uh, you mentioned. There was well, I can't remember what the other story I mentioned is. The no, there was it was ignobles. The, it says, chat
1: ChatGPT is down. I can't that's code right.
0: anymore. That's, that's, that's the uh, other <laughs> one. So that will lead into the story that you, uh, yes. you you wanted to talk about. So we've got heaps of stuff to talk about. Um, we're gonna uh, play some songs as we do. We're gonna get out of here by twelve. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, all happening, old man. Uh, you know, once we turn fifty, we want to get out of here by twelve. We need to get some sleep. Yep. If you want to say hello, please do on uh, socials. That's uh, I'm I'm still calling it Twitter. So. X. Twix, Twitter, no. <laughs> Twitter. Um, the the app formerly known as Twitter. Formerly, yeah, the artist known as uh, Twitter. Um, and I hear it all the time. People, even all the journalists are saying the, the yeah. app formerly known as Twitter now,
1: X. No, what they should say is they should just call it Symbol. Symbol. Uh, the right. app formerly known uh, as... Ten. We're going to call it Ten. Ten.
0: Roman Ten, that's right. Um, we uh, do you remember Channel Ten had mm. X as its logo? Mm. Um, so, which didn't last long. No, it didn't. Um, like anything else in Channel Ten. No, you know. Mel Walden. Mel Walden four. was there for a while. <laughs> <We're> number four. <laughs>
1: the project's been going for a while. True, but uh, they are like it's almost uh, network agnostic. The project. Yes. Or it, takes it could be on any other network, be, and yeah. you wouldn't notice the but difference. Just thats television in general nowadays, yeah. isn't it? Because Channel 10's executives are so weak, they can not actually <laughs> say, "No, don't say that." <laughs> no. Um, well,
0: look, I, I, I barely watch television these days. But we'll talk about maybe talk about some entertainment stories because there's, there's been a few. Cool. Um, but we will go deep on the on the eggs. We'll we'll talk about ChatGPT, and we'll talk about the lunar landers. We promise. The other stuff is—it's all gravy. Um, But yes, reach us out on the socials, on X, on Facebook, on Twitter, on threads, on Instagram. Um, That's pretty much it. Yep. Uh, At R C K T S R G O Y. That's rocket surgery, no vowels. And if you've got our personal device numbers, we don't share those, you can get us directly. You can say hi. Um, Because the notifications on those things suck. I often don't see stuff that that, uh, people post on on the socials for, for days. Um but you know, we might get a get a, a nudge by the usual <laughs> Hopefully the Assuming they're
1: still stuck with us.
0: Yes, well, you know we haven't been all that reliable. Um yeah, so look, we've got all those things to talk about. I was I was gonna look up what it was I like, making sure that I I promise. I said Ignobles, Russian lunar lander failure, um James Webb Space Telescope. Giving away the ending. Okay. going. <laughs> and uh and more. Yes. and more. and more. And more and more and more all right. Um, before we get into the songs and the actual news, how about we do what we do, especially after we've been away for a while? Yeah, some, unfortunately, some a few
1: people just pop off. Yeah, you know,
0: that's you know, the, there are any, there's only one thing certain in life nowadays: it's death. Because I mean, we'll always of, all, generate content. From a lot of people way. don't pay taxes, so you can't say death and taxes.
1: No. So, um, well, actually, if you look at people like Rip, uh, Rupert Murdoch, I'm I'm, I'm not even uh, <laughs> 100 convinced. Death, death is,
0: is yeah, he's Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 uh, big one was uh, the passing of uh, Jimmy Buffett. So the uh, for all of you musician, slacker, beachy type mm. people. Your God is now dead. And and look, he. I really didn't know about Jimmy Buffett until I went to America and all these places like Mar- um, Margaritaville and uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise.
1: What the hell are these places? And then people say, oh, it's, a it's Jimmy Buffett, Buffett place. Okay, well, Do you know he was one of the richest artists of all time? Really? Because of all of these business the ch- links. Business links, okay. You know, he just had... You know, he was very wealthy when he died.
0: Oh yeah, look, I mean, Margaritavilles are everywhere. Mm. I mean, in Disneyland and Universal, are basically mm. at the entrance, there's a Margaritaville, and it's like, I can, I can see the appeal. It's you basically it's a tropical paradise type. Um, uh, it's a decor.
1: Yeah, I think the like I first heard Jimmy Buffett, God, twenty two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, because one of uh, our colleagues at work was a big fan. Okay. And he uh, gave me something to listen to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so... And and uh, Wasting Away and Margaritaville is just a great song. Yeah. If you just want to kick back and just listen to something that you can feel good about without having to do very much. Okay. <laughs> well, look, we'll play some Jimmy Buffett in honour
0: of... Uh, Jim- Jimmy Buffett's passing died of a rare, uh, skin, Pink, uh, a rare skin cancer. Yes. Um, like a four-year battle with it, and I think it was, and uh, at the age of 76. Um, the other valet that's <laughs> worth mentioning um, is... Uh, For smash- all of you... Smashmouth. The Ah, yes. Um, yes the, the lead, lead singer, singer of Smashmouth, Steve Hartwell died at age 56 after battle with liver failure. Yep. So... Um, my kids just um, associate uh, Shrek, Shrek, and that's oh, that's a Shrek song. Yes,
1: yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> so yes, um, so Steve Har- Harwell passed away, and just in the last day or two,
1: um, Ron for Barassi. those people who are fans of uh, Australian Rules Football, yep, uh, and have you know over the age of thirty, mm-hmm. uh, will mourn the passing of Ron Barassi.
0: Yes, yeah, so look, Ron Barassi was uh, like significant uh football icon, Mr. Football. Well, no, that was um Teddy Witten. Teddy Witten was Mr. Football. But yes. Ron Barassi was a pretty much another icon of that era. Um I remember when when I was young and my dad followed North Melbourne for a while because Ron Barassi was a coach. Yep. Um and then he he left so we back for Eston after that. So
1: Sad face. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't dispute your choices,
0: but sad face. Um, it, it was all the, uh, the, the Ukrainian connections because the church is in North Melbourne and the, and the hall was in Essendon, so it's like one or the other. So And Essendon's closer
1: geographically to our home, so we went. Uh. There's a great joke about Ron that mm-hmm. I think is worth telling in this context, particularly now. There was a Melbourne because Ron Brassi was a Melbourne icon Indians, yeah. of Melbourne football. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a huge Melbourne fan. Like Lo- loved 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 the Melbourne Football Club. Um essentially showing up every Saturday was his going to church. Mm-hmm. You know, he only wore red and, <laughs> red red and, and blue. blue. Um anyway, he passed away. And he comes up to the pearly Gates. And Peter goes, Oh, of course, yes, you know. Um, welcome to heaven mm-hmm. and he gets the tour and you know shows where the, the angels hang out and um, the various activities that you can do for you know, new souls passing through heaven mm-hmm. and he sees this oval and he gets close to it and he sees this figure on the oval running around and the, the, the number 31 is emblazoned on his back and he like makes a 50 foot specky he kicks from two hundred and fifty meters out and puts it straight through. Um, he practically is like parallel to the to the um, posts, mm-hmm. and he somehow threads the ball through the needle. Um, he 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 runs, he tackles, he he hand passes. There's no skill this man cannot demonstrate. And the fan goes, "I didn't know Ron Barassi died." And St. Peter goes, no, that's Jesus. He only thinks he's Rombarassi. (laughs) Nice. So, Vale Rombarassi. Vale (laughs) Now they can actually discuss who is the better football (laughs) player. Aged
0: 87. So, yes, look, AFL and the whole community, uh, Look Australia-wide, mourning the passing of uh, of AFL legend. Yes. Um, All right. So, we should probably do a song. Uh, station breaks have popped up, so we'll do that. And then uh, we'll, be back. We'll, we'll be back to talk uh, science, technology, and geek culture here on ninety eight point nine northwest FM.
1: Not necessarily in that order.
0: <laughs> not necessarily in that order. It's uh ten forty seven on this. Cranking along bar me, bar me not. What's the temperature outside? It's uh, actually quite nice. TV's not on. Anyway. Twenty two degrees inside. <laughs> <laughs> um we'll, we'll do the station break, we'll do a song and and we'll be back in uh, in a gif. I gotta push this one, don't I? Hey, we're back! Yes, that was Jimmy Buffett. Why don't we get drunk? That's what it says. Yes. Why don't we get drunk? <laughs> That's all right. Uh, was that for Tony?
1: Yes. Who recommended it? He as a Jimmy Buffett song.
0: He, uh, uh, and look, I, when he did recommend it, I was aware of what I was saying. It was it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who weren't on, on our on our group chat, um, I asked if anyone could recommend a, a good Jimmy Buffett song, and uh, Tony goes, "Why don't we get drunk and screw?" And I said, "No alcohol allowed in the studio. Sorry."
1: So you yeah. know.
0: You know, like,
1: like, I amuse myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing that matters.
0: Uh, you, look, if you're amused, you can tell, Wall uh, Andrew, uh, that...
1: Uh, it was that funny. It was funny. That's right. <laughs> Please
0: do. <laughs> I, need, I need validation. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So how about we talk about some of these stories? Yes. Do you want, want, to, want to start on Ig Nobles or finish on Nick Nobles?
1: Uh, good question.
0: How about we talk about the,
1: your ChatGPT story? Yeah, that you, yeah. That we'll, we'll, knock, we'll knock off ChatGPT yeah. first, and then we can. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, people would be happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock, knock it off. No, um, I one of my random uh, discoveries email uh, subscriber list thingies. Okay. Send an email focusing on medical. I, I hooked. I hooked into it because of my interest in 3D printing, bioprinting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, this guy's interest is not f- restricted to that sort of technology. It's all kinds of medical tech and yep. obviously ChatGPT uh, being, um, above your average smart system mm-hmm. has massive potential yes. in a medical field. With, of course, the usual caveats of, you know, you want to have something that improves the chances of everyone living and less yep. the chance of everyone or people dying uh, because, you know, yep. we outsourced it off to the computer. Uh, and so they did a study. Um, they, uh, I should always actually say who they are. Uh, I will actually go to the thing and then I'll be able to actually say who they are. I believe it's something like... Uh, Stanford or something like that. Uh, new research by Mass General, no, Massachusetts General Hospital, Brigham. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, the point was they there is a thing called like a clinical diagnosis mm-hmm. book, yep, text frame, um, and it's the sort of thing that you teach doctors at the start of their career, mm-hmm. so they have a framework for diagnosis. Yep. Um, and they found that when you stepped through something with here are all the symptoms and then you applied the frame. Yep. Uh they were getting something like 70 to 80% accuracy mm-hmm. for uh for Chat GPT. Yep. So no human here is the here's the frame, here are the symptoms, yep. what's your diagnosis? Yep. And they were pretty Reasonably happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, what they called, what was the word they were using? they It's basically um, when they have to do like investigative type mm-hmm. uh, work. So your standard GP, so please tell me what the yeah, problem is. That's bits. right. Uh, Chat GPT started to struggle in that and then I think the accuracy dropped to about 60% yep. or something like that. And so the interesting thing here is it once again demonstrates... Um, something we've known about AI at the moment in that uh, when the parameters are Mm well-known or established, artificial intelligence is very good at following a process to generate something that you don't have to generate. Correct. What it can't do is replace you. Mm -hmm. So um, if you had, uh, for want of a better term, chat GPT, Quizzing patients in the um, triage. Yeah, Um, it could provide a more likely overwhelmed doctor Mm -hmm. with additional rapid diagnoses, so that they can triage better. And then, obviously, when you when the doctor first walks in, Mm -hmm. uh, if he's smart, uh, he will say, "Hi, I'm Doctor So and So." What, what seems to be the problem. Yes. And at the back of his head, he can keep um, what ChatGPT worked out. Yes. Um, that gives him uh, a starting point mm-hmm. rather than literally starting from scratch. Yep. Now, the danger, of course, is that lazy doctors will just, just take mm-hmm. the diagnosis that the computer gave them. Use it as a crutch. Use it as a crutch mm-hmm. um, and then try and steer the patient into that. Yes. Um, diagnosis. Yep. But if it's done well, and as the computer gets more experienced at uh, understanding what questions do mm-hmm. and what they uh, and how to elicit useful information from a patient yep. who's in pain mm-hmm. and otherwise may be distracted by uh, symptoms rather than necessarily mm-hmm. causes, um, that can only improve. Absolutely. But once again, it's it, it's one of those defining uh, features that uh, AI very much falls in the category of fire. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. great servant, terrible master. It's it's a a tool, and if it's
0: used as such, um, it can be very powerful. Um, and so, and so, I've been listening to a few podcasts and and other, other things about um, AI and uh, ChatGPT and and the like. Um, and this is sort of. Aligns with one of the things that um, I heard. I think it was a BBC or a, maybe a Vox um, that was interviewing, and this is like precisely what AI is good at, um, and it's basically uh, seeing patterns that might not be evident to somebody else. It, it here are the symptoms, and it makes those connections, and so and a lot of doctors are actually considering using this in terms of. It makes their life easier. It gets them to a fifty percent solution, but it, the patient aren't very patients aren't very good prompt engineers. No, not at all. So hence why use them using the tool wouldn't be sufficient. And even I would say if you in the hands of a an AI prompt engineer, and that's one of the, the new jobs that's been created by artificial intelligence, um, and it's. I have a, uh, an appreciation of how much um, difference a good prompt does versus a just uh, throwing stuff into the screen into the into the um, prompt. Uh, um, a well-crafted prompt will get you closer to where you want a lot sooner. Um, and so, knowing how to ask questions of the tool, knowing to to get an accurate. Uh, Reflection of symptoms, or 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 a potential diagnosis, or even at least in the ballpark of where you need to be. Because uh, and the thing that's the thing with medical: different people um, will have different um, symptoms Mm -hmm. for the same condition. Mm. So it, it 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 you cannot apply a cookie cutter type thing because everybody's experiences are very different. And so that's why a good doctor will. Will start ruling out and and or, or opening up certain doors depending on, on how they answer it. Um, and then, but always consider that well, this could be a complex, could be two or three conditions. So, well, you then
1: uh, how do you respond to treatment? Correct. So, and that's
0: the thing. So, and it, it sort of gets to some of the other things that I've been listening to is basically um, the, a prompt engineer will actually ask Chat GPT to ask me questions. So, as part of generating a prompt before you write anything ask me some questions so that I, you can actually get a better appreciation of what it is i'm asking don't write anything yet but ask me some questions and that's a good way of eliciting a more accurate um, um generation or a create um an answer to yes. it. um so and that's the thing if you did something like that and and he walked through a a what a who knew? Yeah.
1: Uh, in order to get the most out of a complex tool requires actually a proper planning and yeah. um, a modification of a standardised approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like literally the opposite of the cookie cutter. Precisely. Like <laughs> a scalpel is not a cleaver mm-hmm. and you can't make one the other. No. So uh, for tools that require precision... Mm-hmm you need more care mm-hmm. and more um, nuanced correct usage. Mm-hmm. And and we're talking about them doing like 72%
0: out of chat GPT, which is a, a model that wasn't generated for medical purposes. No. Um, it, it is a, a not even... It's using, not even trained it's as not, a medical. not trained as medical. It's also not even the most advanced version no. of GPT. It's it's a, a version a and a half yeah. old. So um, I think they they... Describe basically ChatGPT be, chat as being equivalent of a squirrel's brain mm-hmm. in terms of the number of connections and stuff like that. So the, the next version is, is, is
1: I can't remember what they use, but basically... But this too is where the nuance really starts to come in because in order to get the most out of the tool, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that uh, the databases that it is accessing and the connections it can make within that mm-hmm. database are as extensive as possible. Correct. However... That's not just data, that's thousands, millions of patients' Mm -hmm. private Mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important that in aggregation, the individual's not lost, but at the same time, also in aggregation, uh, anonymity is a feature so that no one can reverse engineer what's going Mm -hmm. on in one person um, from the database. Yep. And where people may think that's kind of paranoid, it's like if you look at some of... Not to drag a different issue in, but Mm -hmm. if you look at uh, some of the legislation that surrounds things like um, abortion care Mm -hmm. in the States, for example, some of the kinds of uh, questions and uh, information that potentially could be used in a prosecution... Mm -hmm. Could be Would kept, hmm. be in a chat GPT data GPT
0: database. Yep. So so basically OpenAI being the 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 interface, um, the the owners of Chat GPT. So ChatGPT its model won't have this data in it. No. But the interface, which records your, your, your S- sessions. your fed in somehow. And, so, and, a, so, and in terms of a security risk, a lot of corporations have said, you shall not use ChatGPT as a, a tool because we do not know how this data is being um, recorded. We don't know whether it can be reverse-engineered. So basically people who say, please write me a, a document about the strategic situation in the South China Sea mm. and use these documents as as uh, as uh, a training environment. Well, now you're actually giving away potentially national secrets or something that's sensitive from, from a diplomatic point of view into a corporation, well, not, not for profit or whatever you want to call them. Well, most people do things in this world for,
1: um, if not profit, advantage.
0: Correct. So, again... Or but that sort of consideration might not be in the user who's just trying to use a tool to write the write a 500-page report that
1: they don't really want to have to write. Well, they, it gives them something that they can use as a framework Correct. to then go through and write yeah. or to generate some insights that they otherwise wouldn't so have. So the, there might be
0: an ability to have a that sort of capability, but in a in a more appropriate way of using it so you could actually and there are have
1: very few areas of people's lives except maybe their financial situation Yep. that they are more sensitive to the need for anonymity Precise- than their health information precisely
0: so and hence why yeah we data breaches on on any like medicare data breach or uh, or in any of the private health cares mm. people it's like what are they finding out about me? Are they going to find out...
1: Beyond just their identity.
0: Precisely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. Identity is enough of a scary issue mm-hmm. for this to go even further and just go, wow, you know, that's... Mm-hmm. Again, people... And I sometimes worry about this that I feel that uh, either opportunities are being missed yep. because people are are frightened and no one's doing anything to alleviate mm-hmm. that fear. Or the people involved just don't understand what the opportunity is yep. and therefore put no effort into making it acceptable to the group that would need to find it acceptable. I think we've said it before.
0: Okay, this is a tool and uh, any tool can be used well or can be used poorly. Mm. And depending on, on your motivation and how you use it and your care, and, and okay, that will determine the outcome. So if, if, if you use it wisely in a well-regulated way, you should be fine. Doesn't mean people other go people go from yeah. nought
1: to furious uh, oh. very quickly these days about this sort of stuff because, unfortunately, uh, the people who normally have uh, the purse strings or the power have demonstrated on a re- number of occasions that they don't have everyone's interests in mind when they make decisions. Yeah, yeah, that comes Just down That interests. comes to trust. All right. Um, the other ChatGPT
0: story um, that I wanted to mention was basically um, ChatGPT was down for a day and basically one of the the consequences of this is basically a lot of people who use it for coding couldn't code because they're using it as a crutch <laughs> because it codes so well yeah i mean computer programming it's, it's all about uh, structure and algorithm and, and who would have thought you mean I could be a you great could you could be a great pro because as long as you know what you're asking for and you know how to run the thing after it's been generated and you, there's still a, a, a degree of bug testing and you still got to know what you're trying to produce but it makes nice but clean it make, code. it makes nice neat code yeah. um, so but yes apparently because it was chat uh, it was down for a day all these people say, I can't code now. I can't do my job. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, that's one of the risks, that we, we forget how to do these things because we outsource this stuff. So, But I, I heard, listened to a good podcast where they were talking about the Luddites and the true story of the Luddites, mm. who they were, what they did, um, why they were doing what they were doing back in the 18th century.
1: Early 1800s. Well, they were pushing back against the Industrial Revolution because of the damage it was doing.
0: Yeah, so certain certain jobs were disappearing. Now there were other jobs that. Yeah,
1: those were highly skilled people. They were with highly uh, gilded. Yep. And I mean guild, as in a, a union. Well, not as a opposed union, to but gilded, as in golden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they were they were in highly gilded uh, professions, mm-hmm. um, and they were they could see that. Funnily enough, once again, mm-hmm. the owners who were rolling through yep. were basically going, um, this is great. I don't have to pay people anymore. Mm-hmm. And and
0: they were basically doing it in a way that – so that what they the machines could produce was actually quite rough and shoddy and still needed a, a, a degree of refinement after it was produced to make it of, of a comparable quality to what was being produced without the machines – um, but then those people were going to get paid less to do that final. Because okay. you're only refining. So very much making. like what the whole uh, writer's strike is all about. Oh, totally. So it's like totally. It, And but and so these people like the true story of Luddites go. They weren't backwards. They were they were worried about
1: the very thing we still worry about today correct yes so
0: but anyway, so that was funny so know there are a few other stories about elon musk and stuff we, we, we don't have enough time <laughs> we don't sorry elon you, you 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 got your glory from us you know years ago yes when when you weren't so well it wasn't so evident that you were <laughs> we did know uh, better no. all right it's it's almost 10 past 11 here on 98.9 Northwest. That's FM. right. We're
1: running out of time.
0: Andrew <laughs> of for episode 343 of It's Not Rock Surgery. Um, no one's said anything that I've seen. I will check the socials in a sec while we go to our next, next station break? breaking song.
1: And then we'll be back with the Ignobles.
0: We'll come back and we'll talk Ignobles. So uh, I don't know how to do this one. Let's see. We'll
1: see.
0: And we're back. And we're back. Yeah. that that was uh, Frank Sinatra singing, I was made for loving you, baby. You and look,
1: were made for loving I like the song and I like Frank Sinatra. I'm yeah. not 100% <laughs> convinced I like Frank Sinatra singing the song. So
0: that was Cure uh, of AI. So that was an AI cover of Frank Sinatra. So basically AI trained on the voice. And, uh, and so there's been a lot of those. And a lot of the ones I actually found a couple of weeks ago are no longer there. They've been taken down. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> Funny that. So this one was still there though. Um so yes. Uh all right, how about we talk about some of these other things? Yes. The De- Ignobles. I should uh so anyone who doesn't know um, what the Ignobles are, basically it's a satirical uh look at the some of the science stories, science
1: papers, research that's been released. Not everything needs to be curing cancer or discovering a new element or reaching, you know, the another galaxy.
0: Correct. So this is this is Sometimes the funniest side funny. of science. <laughs> so, um, not all scientists take themselves so seriously that, um, you know, they, 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 scientists can laugh at themselves, yes, and often will produce uh, research which is actually good useful, research, good research, but um, quite funny. So yes, quite funny. Um, so when I'm going to look at this, so this been... big nobles have been going since 1991. Yep. this is the 33rd. I feel old. Yes. <laughs> this is the 33rd, and we're going to talk about some of the the winners from from each of the categories. Yes. Um, so basically, the chemi- chemistry geology prize um, goes to uh, Jans Sally Sewitch. Uh, for explaining why many scientists like
1: to lick rocks. Saliva has many uses. Uh,
0: anyone who knows geologists uh, or a paleontologist uh, paleontologists are likely to learn a particular habit, licking rocks. Uh, those scientists will tell you that it's a pretty good way to test if the rock
1: is a rock or a piece of fossilized bone. Um I love that idea since the latter will stick to the tongue and grinding said rock between teeth for a moment can help ascertain the size of the grave. Correct.
0: So and that's the thing, it's like the, the this is way better than any machine. Yep. Um so and thus whether the rock contains clay or silt. Um so um uh, Sellerswitz is a,
1: a paleontologist. He's A rock liquor. A, a rock liquor. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an insult. You <laughs> rock You rock licker.
0: <laughs> you rock licker. <laughs> oh,
1: there's, <a>,
0: there's... <laughs> <laughs> i I'm sure that's a whole different. New Take look, that, rock licker. you <laughs> look at uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. That's right. Um, so Leicester, uh, University of Leicester, UK, addressed the colourful history of lo- rock licking practice among other pe- pe- peculiarities in uh, an entertaining 2017 essay published in the Paleontologist Associated Network. Um, so basically it goes into the act of uh, licking rocks. That there's
1: reasons for it that are uh, actually practical. Correct. Beyond the... Oh, just the sure joy of r- ricking a lock <laughs> licking a rock. see, I knew that um people who sculpt um, uh, two part uh, two part sculpting putty mm-hmm. uh they lick tools okay uh, and the reason being uh saliva is actually a better lubricant than a lot of other things okay so if you lick your tool. It actually <laughs> it doesn't uh, stick to the surface uh, of the uh, clay you're trying to shape and uh, therefore you don't then damage the, uh, the delicate sculpture you've just created by mm-hmm. having it adhere and then tear. Okay. So, uh, saliva, good lubricant.
0: Who would have thought that? Who would have thought it? There you go. So...
1: Which That's is slightly more understandable than uh, painters who lick brushes. Because mm-hmm. the other thing that saliva is good at is helping a brush stiffen to a point. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it takes care of strays and it uh, helps you. I'm learning so much. I know. Now, I, I, I have uh, licked sculpting tools mm-hmm. and I can testify that it does actually work. Mm-hmm. My personal preference is still Vaseline. <laughs> Cool. I've never licked paint <laughs> <laughs> on a paintbrush. I draw a line.
0: Yep. Cool. All right. So, look. There you go. Take Saliva. <laughs> good for geology. <laughs> good for rocks. All right. Good for rocks. All right. Uh, I hope we move on to the literature prize. Yep. So, uh, citation is uh, Chris Mullen and uh, Nicole Bell uh, et al., uh, for studying the sen- sensation people feel when they repeat a single word many, 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 many times. Many. Many. Um, uh, most of us are familiar with the phenomenon of deja vu, uh, the sense we've experienced something before even though we haven't an illusion of memory. Uh, or, or if you will, uh, if you will. Yeah. The opposite is uh, uh, the opposite
1: of that is jamais vu. A fleeting sensation of novelty or unfamiliarity concerning something we have seen or experienced before. Usually a word, but sometimes also people or places. jaime vu uh, is often a symptom of epilepsy or migraine. Right. Moulin et al. had a hunch that uh, jaime vu could be produced with so-called word alienation tasks and set out to test that hypothesis conducting experiments with student volunteers from the University of Leeds. The study participants dutifully copied the same selection of words over and over and over and were told to stop if they started feeling peculiar, which usually occurred in two-thirds of the participants. After 30 repetitions or about one minute, the point of semantic satiation. Okay. For instance, there were sensations of words losing their meaning <laughs> the more one looked at them. They just seemed like a string of letters instead of a whole word. <laughs> or a familiar word suddenly seemed strange. It doesn't seem right, almost like it's not really a word, but someone's tricked me into thinking it is. Yeah. And I've, I've had that. It's like, that seems like a strange word. Okay. My favorite is when you think you've spelt the word wrong, yeah. when you know you've spelt the word mm. right. Okay. That's not how that's spelled. Yeah. It's like, no, no, It is. that's how it's spelled. It's like, I'm sure that's not how it's spelled. There's no squiggly line under it. It's good. (laughs) And I love these things because they they give you uh, insight into weird things that we've all experienced. Yes. You know, um, the idea that writing is a known function Mm -hmm. that you just read words and then you write words and it's almost like they were, there's no other way to do it. Yep. But because your brain is this organ that no one really understands, the scope for it to be explored the down these paths is almost infinite. Yep. And I love that idea that, you know, y- you can actually be creeped out <laughs> by a word <laughs> just by being forced to do it. Like, maybe actually that's some of the uh, the punishment element of doing lines on a blackboard. Uh-huh. You know the idea that you have to repeat the same word, same phrase, over and over and over and over again, to the point where it actually becomes creepy to you to keep doing Mm -hmm. it, and therefore there's built into your psyche Mm -hmm. a um, an avulsion, revulsion towards a certain action because of the memory of that sort of.
0: If it gets to the point where the word looks wrong, even though it's not wrong, have you have you learned a lesson from it? Because if the intent of you writing something down 50 times is that it will become burnt into, burnt your, brain. into your brain, no, because your actually brain is now
1: rejecting that because... Because it's been repeated so many times, the phrase no longer holds mm. the meaning it held when you were told to write it I mean, in the first that, place.
0: The, that, that feels to me like a follow-up study required. Mm.
1: The pedagogical Deep.
0: effectivity of uh, repeated. Uh, As a uh, scholastic punishment. Yeah. Nice. We, we should write this. We should. So. <laughs> All right. Um, the other one, next one, the mechanical engineering part, ah. we actually spoke about when I I know. It looked familiar. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the citation of uh, Tay Fan Yap, uh, Zen Lu, uh, and Noop rajapan uh, trevor simokusu and daniel preston for reanimating dead spiders to use as mechanical gripping tool so basically we spoke about this many months ago basically they use the syringe to inject and remove uh fluid from a dead spider to pick up Things. so uh, Yes. And in, in, in the animation is basically picking up another spider. Yes. in, in, the, uh, in this And ars- it all ars- looks texter. horrible. So basically it comes from uh, Rice University's graduate uh, uh, student, Faye Yap, noticed a dead, curled-up spider in the lab hallway one day and learned that spiders curl up when
1: they die because of internal hydraulics. So once they die, the valves that would normally give them individual control cease to work, yep. and then they all work together. Yep. Like a clamp,
0: so you, and they're able to reanimate the spider by basically forcing these hydraulics to work as designed by pumping in and out uh, fluid into the dead
1: spider's body. Well, so the, the the problem is that spider legs, with all of those little hairs, mm-hmm. are wonderfully grippy. Yep. Yep. So you've actually got a uh, a tool that, aside from its, you know horror movie aspects Mm -hmm. (laughs) is probably more um, effective at picking up objects that are both tiny and um, not easily like they're not geometric Mm -hmm. you know they're not a sphere so you can just clutch around them they're not a square or a triangle they're they're just weird shapes but because of the nature of the little hairs Mm -hmm. they can sort of stick to it Mm -hmm.
0: nice so basically, the, the, this uh, whole research area of, uh, has been dubbed uh, necrobotics—the robotics of dead things. Um, so yeah. well, this is it? The
1: spider gripper could reliably lift objects that were more than 1.3 times the spider's body weight, yep. <laughs> exerting a peak gripping force of 0.35 millinewton. The spider gripper also proved to be surprisingly robust, completing 1,000 open close cycles before the wear and tear on the joints caused the body to break down after a couple of days. As a bonus, the spider bodies are fully degradable, <laughs> biodegradable.
0: That's right, and readily available.
1: Oh, actually, it's a story that makes me feel sorry for spiders.
0: And you probably never thought you would say that. No. So, yeah.
1: It's cool research. What can you say? It is cool.
0: It's getting worse though. (laughs) Uh, So the uh, medicine prize, prize, uh, citation of Christine Pham and crew um, for using cadavers to explore whether there is an equal number of hairs in each person's two nostrils. That sounds like fun. No, uh,
1: study was triggered by an interest of uh, okay. an ala- uh, alopecia areata. Areata, a condition Special. marked by hair loss on one's scalp, eyelashes, eyebrows, and nostrils. Yeah, um, Peter Dutton suffers from alopecia. Does he? As does uh, Jada Pinkett Smith.
0: Okay, yeah, I knew about Jada Pinkett Smith, and
1: that was largely what caused the uh, the slap. The slap. Um. And and again, it's like, it's one of those uh, strange conditions that uh, because we are visual creatures mm-hmm. and hairlessness, mm-hmm. like complete hairlessness makes people look strange. Yep. For people who are sufferers, mm-hmm. obviously they go to great lengths to restore some yep. of that. Like they'll tattoo their eyebrows mm-hmm. on, they'll wear a wig. Yep. You know. Um, obviously, they can't grow a beard or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at Peter Dutton when he first entered Parliament and you have a look at him now, yep. there's a reason why he kind of looks like a potato head mm-hmm. because all the hair on his head's gone. Yeah, Not baldness gone, yep. gone, gone. Yeah, Um
0: gone. Tatiana used to have a Barbie doll that she obviously had brushed the hair too much. and All the had, hair came had, out? All the hair came out and uh, one of... Um, Michelle's auntie's brothers, so my auntie by marriage, um, called her Barbie alopecia. And t- Tatiana used to get so upset. No, her name is Betty or whatever it was. No, no, no it's alopecia.
1: So, but yeah. Ah, yes, the cruelty of human beings. Uh-huh. So,
0: how did the science go? Um, so, uh, so, 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 fam noticed that many people who suffer the condition are more prone to upper re- respiratory infections because there's no. V-
1: hair filter
0: allergies and dryness because of the condition also depletes nose hair lining each nostril um, and they realized that nobody had uh, actually gotten around to counting the average number of hairs in a human um so a first step of asserting if the effect or lack thereof could have been patient's quality
1: of life so they not only counted the number but they measured them the length yes nice the average nose hair count per nostril is between 120 and 122 hairs. And nose hairs typically grow over a range of 0.81 to 1.035 centimetres. Trot out those statistics next time you're desperate to make small talk at a cocktail party. And <laughs> um,
0: yeah, Michelle chimed in. Uh, Maxine was the barbie's actual name. so Got it. So thank you, Michelle. Um, so here you go. I, I've learned something else today. Oh nice no, scary, isn't Not it? Not only what, what life is good for, but also the average number and length of uh, nose hazel Nasal hairs. hairs. Nice. Look, okay, we're, we're, we're an educational... It's science, <laughs> man.
1: It's science. <laughs> we're an educational establishment. One of, the, one of the cool things about, just as an aside, mm-hmm. the Ig is how much more relatable oh, yeah. the science actually mm-hmm. is. Like, stuff that actually wins Nobel yeah. Prizes in chemistry and physics and or picks up fields, medals in but mathematics... Most people wouldn't even make a a huge,
0: make a huge effect, um, huge impact in the science world, and (coughs) people will not realise actually how much Mm. their their lives will be changed by these discoveries. Again, but it's not. But
1: the ignobles have the advantage. These are very relatable to human beings.
0: All right, so the communication prize uh, go to Maria Jose Torres Priores et al. Um, For studying mental activities of people who are expert at a speaking speaking backwards. backwards. There you go. Uh, There's a group of uh, residents in La Laguna, Spain, who are proficient at speaking backwards. Word inversion. Saying um, Nazbu, chesno" instead of... Buenas noches. Buenas noches. There you go. Uh, their efforts have an unusual way of speaking recognized by UNESCO and the Canary Academy of Languages have thus uh, thus far <laughs> not been successful uh, with the latter dismissing the phenomenon as having no scholarly value. Uh, Satoras Priso, Priros, Priris, Priris. I can't, uh, apologies for butchering the surname, um, beg to differ, backward speak, speech constitutes an extraordinary ability to quickly reverse languages, uh, words, pseudo-words, and even sentences, which require reordering phonemes while retaining the identity. Um, They wrote in their award-winning paper. 2020 paper. Mm. And they thought it provided a novel opportunity
1: to learn more about how the brain processes phoneme sequencing. Well, it's kind of like the... um, Kind of. Listen to me. (laughs) Uh, Kind of like the... uh, phenomenon where i can write a sentence yep out and so long as i get the first letter and the last letter mm-hmm. of the sentence so if the, each word in that sentence correct yep your brain probably will be able to process the sentence yep
0: yeah um that was a big thing back in early 2000s where there was mm-hmm. this paragraph that went around it was about, about cambridge and yep. and uh, you and, could uh, read pretty much every word yeah. even
1: though every word was spelt wrong yep
0: but it it you could still meet that criteria of the first and letter, uh, last letter um, being correct and jumbling around. You could jumble it around, which made it way harder to read. And that was a, like a follow-up yes. uh, paragraph that came out. Because, well, actually, it's not just that. it's There are other things in... in well, there's the, other things
1: in the sentence that yeah. help you actually understand correct. it. I mean, if you basically broke everything down so that... You could have exactly the same letters in exactly the same order, but if you broke it down so that each word was like, say, five letters, mm-hmm. and then a space, and then five letters, and then a space, much harder. to Yeah, do. yeah. So your brain struggled to that because it didn't have a, f- a frame to process it. Correct, and that's, and that's or the frame it had. And was that not, comes
0: down to the decoding type thing and how people
1: read and and different people read in different ways. So, and I would be interested to see uh, for people who have um, dyslexia, yeah. for example. What impact that has, or mm. whether, in some respects, you're almost primed because of dyslexia to read words like well, that every word way.
0: is like that because you are actually having to decode each word because sight reading is a lot harder. It's not
1: impossible. And I wonder them, if yeah. you put that together, then would that then even up mm. the uh, like? Would that reduce the disparity between readers who don't have? Uh, dyslexia and mm-hmm. readers who do, mm-hmm. to the point where you're going, oh, okay, now I understand what the problem is here mm-hmm. a, a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this is your n- normal reading experience. Mm-hmm. No wonder you hate it. Yep. yep. <laughs> Having
0: to decode every word—that's that's a slow, laborious task. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Um, uh, so next prize, next next ignoble. public health prize. Yes. Uh, so it goes to Xuan
1: Min Park. For it's always a, a toilet. Why is it always a toilet? <laughs> For inventing
0: a the st- st- Stanford toilet, a device that uses a variety of technologies, including
1: uh, urinal. Urinalysis, urinalysis. Dipstick? Yeah, urinalysis dipsticks, test strip, a computer vision system for defecation analysis, mm. an anal print sensor paired with an identification <laughs> camera, mm. and a telecommunications link to monitor and quickly analyze the substances that humans excrete.
0: So, wouldn't mine is because I've, I've, I've science man science since turning fifty that I've got a thing in you the post things in the post. Yeah, so yes. I've I, I still got to do mine, and you know, well as I
1: say here, tired of constantly taking nasal swabs to test for COVID. How about installing a smart toilet that can track your health by regularly monitoring your urine streams and bowel movements, even testing for COVID, among other medical conditions? This might be in our near future if Park has his way as inventor of the PH toilet for proactive healthcare, Mm -hmm. It's a smart toilet with integrated sensors capable of monitoring heart health, blood pressure and oxygenation, as well as urine and stool samples. There would be built-in urinalysis strips and computer vision would function as a Euroflow meter, for instance, while deep learning would handle the stool classification. The prototype is designed for the male urine stream, of course. Uh, but Park claims that one could and add Bodies. an extendable wand <laughs> holding a urinalysis strip for women or one could employ sonofluoro, sorry, Uh analyzing the urine streams by sound. The COVID-specific version would feature a mountable attachment akin to a bidet with modules to collect fecal samples and conduct rapid tests for the virus. Test results could be reported in minutes to the user's smartphone, as well as to an anonymized tracing system using existing tracing networks. Mm. The same approach could also test for norovirus or the bacteria like Shigella that cause gastroenteritis, helping to control outbreaks in real time, according to Park. It should be noticed that should be noticed sorry, noted. it should be noted that the basic concept of a smart toilet has been around since the seventies and development has been slow because of privacy concerns, mm. what we were talking about before. Yep. In addition to collecting sensitive medical information regarding one's urine and feces, Park's concept would identify each user via biometrics, namely a fingerprint and um, the anoderm. <laughs> skin of the anus anoderm. Mm, yes I'm very excited about the possibility of a built-in toilet cam taking pictures of my anus <laughs> just to ensure it's me wink wink we are assured that all the sensitive data could be stored and analyzed in an encrypted cloud server but still we all watched Ingrid Allegra Edwards arguing with her indiscreet smart toilet on upload Ingrid has a yeast infection <laughs> suddenly those nasal swabs seem far less invasive don't they yes uh, we've got a few more. F- there's a few more prizes
0: to get through. Um, how about we do a, a station break, a song, and we'll come back come and back. finish these, and then we'll do the the physics, uh, the, the moon the space stuff we promised. So yes. uh, Andrew and I, it is it is uh, almost 22 l uh, 12 oh no, it's shooting through, flying. Um, Andrew and I will be back in a little while. And we're back. We're back. Yes, that was. Uh, Free Mercury doing journeys. Don't stop believing. So, you know, it wasn't as good as a cover as the other one, but
1: well, because I think they failed to capture the majesty and uh,
0: brilliance of. It didn't have the passion. Again, but again it's an artificial intelligence uh, AI vo- voice train. It's, you know, it, it is what needs you get. more training. It <laughs> it does. All right, so, how about we um, quickly wrap, quickly up, the wrap up the ignobles and we'll talk about the, the space stories we promised. Uh, so the 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 prize for nutrition went to uh, Homi Miyashita uh, for the experiment to determine
1: how electrified chopsticks and drinking straws can change the taste of food. Yes, because they noted that uh, catfish have taste buds all over their body, which Mm -hmm. is basically like a swimming tongue. Yep. Um, But maybe that we can augment it uh, if we electrify things. Like a little, like have basically, if you create an electrolyte solution, okay, uh, that completes a circuit, uh-huh. so that you get that metallic, uh, uh-huh. tingly, tasty uh-huh. sensation, to just slightly shift the flavor of what you're eating or drinking.
0: Okay, wouldn't everything taste metallic then?
1: Potentially, but they said uh, when the user drinks, they complete the circuit and the straw delivers an electrical stimulus to the mouth to produce the electric taste. They did the same thing for foods, inserting positive and negative electrodes and using chopsticks as the user interface instead of straws. Yep. Apparently, the ability to perceive this electric taste depends on voltage. So the authors added a voltage adjustment function. The goal of our system is to obtain a new layer of tongue that can (laughs) detect tastes that we could not perceive previously, they concluded. Nice. A new layer of new tongue. Layer of tongue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did like the next one though, the education prize.
0: All right, let's go. Educ- so
1: basically, uh, they methodically studied the boredom of mm. teachers and students. So okay. Katie Tam, uh, Saina Poon et al. And the, uh, the result of this, after getting people to keep a diary in Hong Kong mm-hmm. for like two weeks, students and teachers, yep. um, and there are other follow-on studies that they did. And what they found was while it's very difficult for a teacher to manipulate a student into enjoying a class that Mm -hmm. they otherwise wouldn't, if the students feel they're going to be bored, they'll be bored. Right. It becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Uh No matter how and if they think that the teacher is bored, even if the teacher is not, Mm -hmm. that also inhibits their learning. Okay. And makes them more bored. All right. So you've got to be it, 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 students are sensitive to boredom. Yes. I think is the the end result here. But I mean the, the
0: whole the whole classroom design is 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 the the, the, the industrialization, industrialization is, of education which yes. basically has isn't really designed for and I remember watching a the whole documentary about boredom and the the negative impact well not only the negative impact but also the creative um importance that boredom plays because basically boredom drives a lot of creativity. Because pe- when people are bored, we want relief. We want relief. That's right. That's kind of like being tortured. Correct, but I mean, the, but so the, a certain type of boredom at the right times is good. When you're trying to impart, but when knowledge. you are
1: forced to be in an environment where you cannot relieve your own boredom, correct? Yes.
0: All right, that's cool. Um, so Michelle chimed in uh, a little earlier when we were talking about the the paragraphs. Um, and mixing letters up, and then says, This is a whole language. Uh, this is what whole language is based on uh, that they teach kids in school rather than teaching phonemes awareness. Um, this is the reason why our literacy is dropping. So um,
1: there's a big, big push to. Yeah, and so. The- and it's like basically the science doesn't support the approach, mm-hmm. and yet they still do it.
0: Yeah, and, and, and Michelle's been on about it. The, anyone who's, who, who knows anything about dyslexia knows that. This is... Sounds matter, man. That's right. <laughs> teach them the sounds and put them together.
1: Well, this is the thing too. I mean, uh, people who read words before they hear mm-hmm. them are more likely to mispronounce them. Yep. Because they've never had yep. that yep. word put into their head. True. Now, that's usually a sign of people who were early readers. Yep. This and uh, And Tatiana
0: would say all, all these words that she read in like harry potter and all those sort of things when she first hears it oh, that's, i would never thought that's how you'd say it exactly yeah emphasis right. <laughs> different syllables correct all right
1: uh what else we got no psychology prize basically uh what's the propensity for people to look up at the sky if they see a stranger okay. looking up at the sky right. and it, as you would imagine, it depends on the size of the crowd. Mm-hmm. One person does it; most people will ignore them. Yep. But a substantial people, a substantial number of people, will look up something like forty percent. Yep. If the crowd's like something like a hundred and fifteen. Okay. Like not the hundred and fifteen is the magic number. Yeah. But once you get a large crowd, all doing the same thing. Yep.
0: Everyone will go. Well, what, what's what's people whatever, will yeah. Uh, and yeah. Yes. Uh, the physics prize. Um, Goes to a study that measuring the extent to which ocean water mixing is affected by the sexual activity of anchovies. There you go. Mm, Anchovy sex.
1: (laughs) So, horny anchovies. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of turbulence. (laughs) Um,
0: Ocean mixing is critical research in climate science. Bit of rocking in the ocean bed.
1: (laughs) Keep
0: going. <laughs> um, since it plays a pivotal role in influencing climate, affecting uh, such water properties as temperature, salt, gas, and nutrients. Wind and tides are a major uh, energy source of um, uh, ocean mixing. Um, so basically the, uh, the crew... Uh, connect- calling
1: it biomixing. Contest the biomixer (laughs) can serve as a
0: highly effective ocean mixing agent as demonstrated in their 2022 study analyzing data collected over two weeks in the summer of 2018, which revealed that intense biophysical turbulence at night. Yeah,
1: baby. I love this though. The culprit spawning anchovies. While the team didn't directly detect the presence of the fish, acoustic backscatter data was consistent with fish aggregations uh, and the plankton net hauls every morning had high concentrations of anchovy eggs. These eggs were between four and fourteen hours old, based on their state of de- stage of development, compared to fresher eggs gathered at night that were less than four hours old. So the spawning anchovies were clearly act- quite active at night. Their results provided compelling evidence that fish can generate intense turbulence over prolonged periods.
0: There you go. Who would have thought fish having sex in the water cause turbulence?
1: Fish causes biomixing. <laughs> it sounds like a concrete <laughs> <laughs> drum. You know, like, oh, just chuck some anchovies in there. It'll be all good. Cool. All right. So, those are the Ig Nobles.
0: Um, yeah, highly recommend. So, and look, the I've done in the past, the actual papers can actually be quite entertaining themselves. So. Yes,
1: they are written with a certain tongue yeah. and, planted in and a certain You check. can
0: actually watch the entire Ig Nobles um, presentation, which, again, is I think for the third or fourth year running is um been done virtually because of covid yeah um but yeah there look it's it's an entertaining hour and a half or so so um I've done it in the past I haven't done it for this year's but you know highly recommend. All right. How about we do the space stories that we uh, mentioned? We won't get to any of the uh, entertainment stories. We'll do them another no. day. Um, but the space stories. So Russia's uh, Lunar 25 spacecraft crashed into the moon in an un- um,
1: uncontrolled uh, descent.
0: Yes. So um, they don't know exactly what happened, except it didn't do what it was supposed to do. It, it, it didn't stick the landing. No.
1: Which is very unusual for, uh, you know, Russian... Well, Gymnastics. Hmm. This this one obviously wasn't doped up. Um, (laughs) I think doping helps you stick
0: to (laughs) landing. That's true. More physical talent than training
1: and a lot of accidents. Russian
0: spacecraft (laughs) has crashed into the moon after it spun out of control into an uncontrolled orbit, Russia's uh, National Space Agency, Roscosmos, said, um, and this was uh, probably two weeks ago now, I think, um, story was the twentieth of August, so three weeks ago, um, the apparatus moved into an unpredictable orbit and ceased to exist. Well, it was very
1: predictable <laughs> after <laughs> it entered this orbit. As
0: a result of a collision with the surface of the moon, so this was supposed, This was going to the south pole, just like the Indian lander. Yes, um, whereas the, the Indian one
1: landed stuck, driving. and
0: you know the pride of uh, of the subcontinent.
1: Absolutely, they're very excited. Very. but when you consider how many engineers they crank out a year, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 it sort of bodes poor for places like Silicon Valley. Yep, that seems to be wanting to import these guys, mm-hmm. and it, you know, sends a message to the world that India will be India, yeah, not merely a supplier of other people's technical stuff. And
0: look, I mean, it it seemed to be. The writing seemed to be on a wall for a while because I mean they have been producing a lot of uh, engineers for a while. It's just a matter of the 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 nation being able to support yeah that that population in a way that you know we're now seeing come come about. Um, the other one was the uh, James Webb. James. Yes. So uh, talk about the photos. Planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> planet in the habitable zone could have rare oceans and possible signs of life, web data revealed. So um, water may be flowing on the surface of a colossal planet that lies about 120 light years from Earth. Yep. Uh, according to new evidence uncovered by the James Webb Space Telescope, the investigation of space-based observatory, um, observatory one of the most advanced astronomy in- uh, instruments, we mentioned that earlier, yep. revealed that the exoplanet k 2 18b may have key features on the planet that could support bodies of water and life. Uh, closely orbiting the, the cool dwarf star K218, mm-hmm. the exoplanet lies in the star's habitable Goldilocks zone. Um, uh, is one is 8.6 times as massive as Earth. Uh, analysis of Webb's observatory observations found that the planet has an abundant methane and carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Yes, both. Signs stuff. that like life will produce these things. Now, we mentioned on my, uh, the the detection of 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 uh, certain things in Venus's atmosphere doesn't mean that there's life there. But if there is life there, it will produce these things. No, so it's not proof of life, but it warrants further investigation. Yes. So um, there you go. There you go. So. It's basically this
1: even just like just capturing these. Like like by capturing them and storing the data that's been captured mm-hmm. inevitably there'll be people for many years after this going through all this
0: stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, and and a lot of the stuff we find now is by people trawling through old data in new ways. And look you start throwing Da- old data at machine learning or neural networks or um, you come up with new mathematical models to, to, to do things and you find new patterns or patterns were there but yes. you didn't, that you weren't aware of. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we don't know what we don't know. Mm. And that's why it's important you keep this data around so that you can actually have another look at it. And the thing is we're, we're, when we, see, we discover a new... Comet or something, they look able to look back and say, "Well, actually, we did our data.
1: Uh, we We've seen it before, but we didn't know what we were looking at. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. Right. Our instruments saw this. We just weren't aware that it was there. Um, and and looking at thing, plates from the 1800s and earlier, it's like, well, there's there's useful data there. Mm-hmm. So. But yes, and it's uh, exciting stuff in space. So indeed, and with that, it's almost 12. I know, it's scary, and we we covered all the things we promised we would we did and uh, we should probably call it, it a night yeah um, everyone who, who said hello Michelle um, everyone who's listening to the podcast in the future hello
1: which will be my sister Mi- yeah. she was hello very sister. keen to and when I told her tonight at the B show
0: and, and I've got um, new listeners from the uh, the committee at the soccer club I'm at nice um, hello so committee they, they say I didn't know you were at a podcast okay. yeah, yeah just the last 10 years or so <laughs> show <laughs> that's right <laughs> Um, but yes uh, Andrew thank you for coming in no, thank you Vlado
1: for uh, running the show once again
0: it's a pleasure without
1: uh, you it doesn't happen
0: <laughs> um, we'll go out on a song let me and wind this up hopefully we'll be in um, well, we'll, well it was four weeks this time yeah. at least three weeks or, or, or less it's
1: yes fingers episode. crossed
0: um, and I've got to find another Jimmy Buffett. So I'm
1: going to, go to Jimmy Buffett. You've got to go out with the the right one, <laughs> <laughs> the right one.
0: Um, so uh, yes, so this has been episode three hundred and forty three of It's Not Rocket Surgery. In the can. In the can. Good night. Bye. Thirty seconds. Ignition sequence start. And we got a roll program. It's not rocket surgery. The latest in science, technology, and geek culture. That's report. It feels good. Sunday nights from ten thirty,
1: Broadcast and streaming live. Podcast at all the usual podcast places. Follow and like us on Facebook and on Twitter at RCKTSRGRY. Here's uh, about. Computers now have primary control with critical vehicle functions. The ankle Lambert.
0: You've been listening to a podcast of the PodFix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.